Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hypnotic Healers to the next episode. We're just rolling them out at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Nicole Mazzucato, and as always, I'm here with my awesome host, Anthony Gitch. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, neither Anthony nor I nor our guests this afternoon, this evening, this morning, wherever you are, are doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, or otherwise. So please do not make any changes to any of your treatments or medications based on what you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest. And while you're leaving stuff, leave a great review for us on any of the platforms on Facebook and Instagram, share us with your friends and give us some love. Hey, Anthony, welcome back. (laughs) Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. After seeing you you 20 minutes ago. um... I know. (laughs) I am really excited today to have on somebody that I really don't even know. I've I've met the gentleman a couple of times through a discussion group that I recently joined uh, by introduction of my friend Karen Hand Harper, uh, who we've all known who's been on the show. And at any rate, Daniel uh, reigns from Lebanon. And, and this is one of the reasons why Nicole and I wanted to have him on. We are trying to include people from all over the world in this discussion, in this community, so we can find out what's working, what's not, how are things different, how are things the same, and and how do we all, how are we all moving through this next evolution of our, you know, growth process in this industry with COVID and everything else. And it's going to be even more interesting for me, not for me, I I don't mean that, I'm going to, I'm going to find a lot of interest in crouching into his mind, digging into his mind about how he deals with the political and everything else that's going on in his country. Because if anybody follows what's going on over there, that's that's some hard stuff. And uh, it, it really opened my mind when I, when I checked that out as to why you do and you work the way you work. And so I wanted to have Daniel on, everybody, Mr. Daniel, and I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Daniel, and so I'm not going to butcher it. <laughs> it's it's an anime. It's okay. like uh, it's, it's anime. It's um, as if you search like as if if you pronouncing an R in French, R. It's anime uh, with the uh, with the E with the accent at the end. So yeah, anime. Uh, yeah, and I would have gone nowhere anime. near that. I would have been like Janonami uh, <laughs> or Janonami. Um, <laughs> I can imagine, you know, you know, even even my even my teachers used to to mix things up because we have like some close names. It's like um, it's like having uh, the the uh, the family name of a tailor, and they call you Teller, and then it, it happens like that. So sometimes they just like mix it up with many many other students. And I used to look, you know, are they calling me or I'll calling someone else? So. <laughs> Well, welcome, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you for joining Uh, us. Thank you for calling, you know, like sending me that invitation. It's quite um, like exciting to have this this chit chat. Um, Sorry, I didn't have my my coffee uh, in hand, but I had a couple before. It's 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 really interesting, Daniel, because your your business is called the Control Alternative. I know, isn't that funny? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and Anthony and I both practice the control system. So, um, 
I really like that. But you, I was telling you, it, has, it has a story actually. Ah, it, it please enlighten story. us with yeah. the story. <laughs> You know, I come I come from a from a very um, you know like um, IT kind of background. I, I work with telecom, so I've been in telecom since 1994. So that's that's quite a long time, and um, you know it, it happened that I was using that. You know, you have the control alternative in, inside of the pattern. You know, like each each time I, I I do hypnosis, I end up with having like your life has no control over you. You have control over your life. You know, as of this moment, you have this control alternative and stuff. And it happened to me like I should be using something like control alt delete. You know, something like to reboot uh, that person. And then I had that the control alt. I searched for the um, for the web, you know, like for the domain name. I found it, so I bought it before anyone just tries that and uh and i bought two two versions of it that's the control alt and the control alt so it's like ctrll that's that's the uh, the it kind of uh, abbreviation and um from there i i had this reboot your mind kind of control alt reboot your mind and uh yeah it kind of resonated with what i do so actually i didn't know that there's a, like a control thingy coming on in the in the therapy world until i met anthony and so like Okay, who started first? You know, who was going to sue? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah, Tim started the control system a, a while back. Um, and, and it's, I, I think, you, I don't know if you were there when I did a very run, very, yes. very quick demonstration oh. with it, uh, just yeah. some IMR stuff and some of the phenomena stuff that we do in the consult. But um, yeah, I've, I have found what you to what you do i mean obviously you do hypnosis like the rest of us you bring a lot of other interesting aspects into the work that you do more interesting to me is the region in which you practice and and yeah. i i i I was, and this is, I, I'm not, and Nicole knows that I, I admit this, there's, there's American ignorance that we have because we're not exposed to a lot of things unless we go out looking for it, right? And I would never have considered what kind of, of things you as a, as a practitioner, what you need to experience, what you go through practicing what you do in your culture, because it's not the kind of culture that would generally accept, or I wouldn't believe would generally accept this sort of work. And, and so that's what I found really, really interesting. Yeah, actually, you know, uh, Lebanon is not like any of the other Arab countries. So it's like a multicultural, like multi-religious, if you can say it, you have everything so basically okay. it, it to each his own and uh, on the on the legal part we have a syndicate for uh, for hypnotherapists so we have like a legal entity that is covering everything um in uh, in that um, you know perspective um from from perception point of view uh, most of the time you will hit the wall of like catholic uh, kind of uh, aspect of muslim aspects you know like Christian, quite of religious things, like they look at hypnosis as something that is coming from outer space kind of parapsychological thing but um you know the syndicate and and the um, and my colleagues there they have been been doing an amazing job you know just clarifying it for everyone like um spreading awareness about it and uh basically it started picking up it, it is picking up and people they started seeing you know how um interesting it is at the same time how amazing and and how how many benefits they they can like shovel from um so 
my my approach to that was like okay let's let's put it in the in the psychological realm so i um i contacted many psychotherapists and said like okay if you have these kind of uh, clients that have been coming for for quite some time and you want to free some time from your own to get other clients you can just send them back to me and i was having referrals from from psychiatrists and psychotherapists and uh actually you know like finishing 25 years of therapy in like four or five sessions and wow. stuff like that and it, it happened that uh, okay you like it come it came like a word of mouth for me uh but i i wouldn't deny it it's it's a big challenging um you know like environment we're working in uh you have all kind of exorcism sessions because due to war traumas and all those uh, you know like abuses uh, the 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 years that passed you know we're talking about 30 40 years of war you, you get all those right. kind of things and so so you get all of these kind of big 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 things happening in in the mind yeah i i have to ask you daniel so on your on your page you you um you talk about morphopsychology, not something I'm aware yeah. of. Can you explain a bit more about that? Okay, Morpho- morphopsychology is quite interesting. It's it's like um, studying characters of of people out of their facial traits and not like like not gesticulation, not their their body language. It's only I can get a photo of someone, um, like profile, face, and uh, I do the measurements. I do some. That's quite mathematical on, on that um, on that aspect, and uh, you can get uh, you know things ahead of time not to judge rather than to understand so it will give you um like a head start when you when you see your your clients actually if you if you're facing anyone with uh you know like um like imbalance or disharmony in the face uh, these kind of you know we call them like um lateral nasal uh shocks you know you can see some people with with the cheek that, as if they had um you know like a a fender bender accident on on right, the highway right, right. bell's palsy <laughs> you know, something like bell's yeah, exactly. palsy here yeah yeah and um you know many many things you know from the eyes the nose actually it, it's it's a whole it's a whole it's not like if you have that nose you you will be this and that no it's it's the nose with the eyes with the mouth with the facial tray with, with the whole face the the, the frame uh, how much flesh you have uh the distance between the uh, the levels and and things like that it's a, it's a study that um that was developed by professor louis corma in, in france uh, in 1936, way before uh, the, the term psychology was was you know like known because uh, back then it was psychiatry and then it was moved on to psychology after that. But morphopsychology has been in, in history for quite some time. And uh, what he did, he he framed it into a, a scientific frame. So uh, it's repetitive. You can you can do that study. You can put it in the grid and. And do that and you have like 99 percent chance to to hit the target so um basically so when when i see someone when they come to to me it's um it's like okay i know there's something over there so uh i i don't i don't use it to judge further and then when i when i start working with them and then it 
it clicks, you know, and, and you know, there's something happening over there. It's, 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 it's finding another level. It's being able mm -hmm. to understand them on another level and help them to exactly. be able to recognize parts that sometimes they're not willing to even see. It's kind of like when I do graphology, right? When we do yeah. handwriting analysis, exactly. Um, exactly. We, we can, we can see kind of these subconscious things that aren't yeah. always, uh, I, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I like that right on. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. It's quite interesting. Uh, you can you can use it in criminology, in recruitment, and in, uh, in, in various forms of uh, either business or and the um, and police work and uh, this kind of profiling and stuff like that. Um, even in plastic surgery, by the way, it's it's cool because you know whatever I tell them, you know, if you have a certain uh, character and you do a nose job, your nose is gonna be back the way it was before. And that's a, that's a challenge. So, so you, they, sometimes they go and they have these blockages and they take away that, and you know, the, the nose uh, bump that it has here on the, uh, on this thing. And then because they have that kind of character and that, that, that bump, you know, like will grow again. <laughs> Unfortunately, they spend the money, the plastic version gets the, uh, the benefit of it. And then they, they will look at themselves after two, three years and say like, it didn't work. Oh, so wow. basically it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. So I want I wanted to make mention your your Facebook content is is very interesting. And I really love on the 25th of November here, you put first you put a great post, narcissist is not a buzzword. Stop using it that way. I really like that. But you put here a post. I'm fed up. I'm fed up. Yeah. You know, as, as if you know, like you know, as if people they started slapping narcissism. There are plenty of like many groups, many pages, many people. They they put on posts about narcissism, as if like it's uh, you know it's a trend that everyone. Oh, yeah, my husband is a narcissist. Yeah, my wife is a narcissist. Yeah, like okay, wait. If you're not happy with your partner, it doesn't mean they're narcissists. It doesn't mean that every single selfish prick on the on the on the market is a narcissist. So so you just don't right. go slapping label on, on people's head like that's it's, it's crazy, you know. It's you know you can you can have other other labels to to slap on like uh, Bitcoin. It's the same thing. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, I you love can that. you that's can brilliant. you can market Bitcoin. So. so there was another one that you put out on the twenty fifth of November. I'd really like you to talk a bit more about this one. Was this and and I because obviously this is uh, a lot of us know. The psychology behind Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I think that's that's such an important uh, post to put out. Uh, Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, you know, basically, basically, you know, these kind of Cyber Mondays, Black Fridays, these kind of gimmicks. They, they everybody knows nowadays. It's it's priming. You know, priming and priming and priming. Um, you know, the, the psychology in in the in the world of marketing, like business and publicity it's it's in the core of it but nobody talks about it they hire like professionals they hire like masterminds on how to um you know like prime people and uh sensibilize them to to get the buying and then they they put on those words as if like it's like self-gratification you know you get it that that price it's on sale and then if you if you go and search and keep a track of the prices sometimes it's the same price 
but it has been boosted at that moment in time. And then they retract like 30% to bring it back to its initial price. And people, they go buy it because it's 30% less. And it feels like, you know, even though I don't need it now, I might need it later. And then uh, I should buy it now because it's cheaper. And then you see people just running and just killing each other over a, a flat TV that has been, you know, introduced on the market about five years ago. It's old technology and people, they're just like loving because they buy, they're buying old technology with a reduced price, which is, should be like a B stock that should be priced like 70% less rather than 50. You know, I always, you know, it's funny. I don't know how it is there, but in this country, we have a lot of, you know, General Motors and Ford and all these, you know, car companies and they have, you know, if you buy right now, you're going to save $25,000. And I'm thinking, well, then it wasn't worth the additional 25 freaking thousand dollars you were charging anyway. Exactly. I, I mean, that's, 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 like the me, thing. that's like me going out there. Well, my regular price is 5,000, but today it's a thousand. Mm-hmm. And that right. you have an asterisk, you know, you have that small asterisk mm-hmm. next to it, you know, like uh, general rule, rule applies, and then you you go for the general rule, rules or or some 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 things that would yeah. abla- apply, and you see like okay, you're gonna pay those twenty five thousand starting the second year, and then you're gonna pay them on installments, which is like it's like well, we, you didn't you didn't take them away, you just like postponed the whole the whole mission. First, yeah, you get you get. I, I love it when they say GM is gonna pay your first six payments for you. Right, but they're just going to add six months onto the end of your contract, idiot. It's not like you're getting away with something. <laughs> it's like education for free. You know, these countries, you know, when, when you go in the uh, in the northern kind of Scandinavian countries, and you, you get those, um, you know, uh, all education is for free. No, it's not. You know that education is, has been put on 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 the side, like uh, like paying um, uh, royalties and fees from songs, and so so basically you're making um, uh, free education, but you're gonna pay it from your salary when you start working. So nothing is for free. You know the whole world doesn't work for free, because it's 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 that rule. We need to monetize or give value to something for people to be able to to like just to understand what it is and and i like the fact that you said monetize or give value to something yeah because it doesn't you know and nicole and i have talked about this before with some other guests that i i know that there are some people in this country you know there's such a wide spectrum of of um socioeconomics in, in, in this country. And there are people that I, I say, I call them that work at 7-Eleven or the, or the kind of the convenience store kind of workers that make minimum wage. And I live in an extremely expensive city. And so they, they, they it, it's tough to make it. It, it's tough to make ends meet and they're usually on some sort of assistance and and there are some people well it's like how do you help those people how do you help those people with you know when you've also got a, a, a amazon headquarters are here and quite frankly i kind of designed my prices around amazon employees right um and and, and that's just the, the the area that we live in and and you've got to be able to help those people in in some i believe that you need to be able to help those people but it doesn't always necessarily need to be in the form of cash right i've had exactly. i have had people give me th- this one older woman she's I, I knew she was struggling she wanted to quit smoking it, you know what do you love to do what are you best at well my kids love my cookies great bring me some cookies bring cookies yeah right bring i had me i had many Many of my clients, they they used to come from the up from the mountains, and they bring me, 
sometimes cakes, sometimes like specialty from the from the uh, whatever they do, uh, these kind yeah. of things. Yeah. For for us in, in here, actually, we had I don't know if you if you've been reading about the uh, the hyperinflation in Lebanon oh, and our money and economics the there. Like, yeah. So yeah, wow. and, and one day, and one day, uh, <laughs> one day, one day we were like we had money. The second day we didn't have any because it was stuck at the bank, and then it was devalued. Mm-hmm. So basically, the uh, the Lebanese uh, pound, and actually each dollar was one thousand five hundred. Today the uh, the dollar is twenty five thousand, and plus wow. you know you have like different rates and stuff like that. So people people they they can't afford it because all their wages they're like. Uh, they're stuck either in in like some sort of a numerical uh, computer kind of bank dollar that has no value or in Lebanese pounds which is nothing so what I what I did I I took one um, a way to uh, for for the payment and I just kept kept it at that at that level and that it kept devaluing and uh, at a certain moment in time even though it was, not as the same value as before, but it was of a value for the people that they're coming. So I was like, okay, I, I priced it as much. And um, it, if, if you don't have anything, you can bring me something. You just can bring me a sandwich. You know, if you're, if you're coming, you know, like in the afternoon, bring me a sandwich, I could have lunch, you know? So it's like, you know, you just have to engage them in, in something in, in their life. And then they try to have value because... You you do it for free, and then they will say, "Okay, we're gonna try this because since it's yeah. for free, yeah, right? Right? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like free. that There's exactly." No so so it's it's not about it's not about making the money rather than than having them work for it rather than just like yeah. go there try to find something, even though at the moment you know in Lebanon I I, I just tailor my um my pricing if I call it like that based yeah. on on people's um possibility to pay or just like um well a slight like scale. Yeah, yeah, scale. Yeah. yeah exactly so yeah. so basically it's it's quite different when it comes to to Lebanese market um I work quite sometimes on pro bono just having mm-hmm. good friends you know if, if you have someone it's like you know Lebanese they they stem from the Phoenicians so we invented bartering so sometimes you know you work <laughs> oh, with right uh, <laughs> you work with someone that works when in, in wooden floors and then you said like okay um yeah we're gonna work for free you're gonna give me a discount on on something I'm gonna do and stuff like that so it, it's like a kind of um you know like in, indirect payment and stuff like that so That's basically cool. people they feel at ease yeah yeah, well, I used to belong to a bar, what we called a, a company called the Barter Group, and and I offered up my certain amount. So I gave like five hundred dollars worth of massage certificates. I was doing massage at the time, and I gave like five hundred dollars a month into massage certificates into the club, and then I could get from all the other people who had their services in the club. I had my spa painted one time. I had the carpets done. Um, and it didn't cost me anything out of pocket because they were members of the barter association. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it's, it's a great way to do business. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, especially when you go back to the, uh, to the, like the, the stone age in here, when it happens <laughs> that you don't have plenty of things. So you, you need to go to the further, to, to the basics, you know, of, uh, yeah. of business. So, Let's let's do it this way. Bring me a chicken. Bring me some eggs, and it works. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, how did you how did you get into hypnosis, Daniel? What what brought you to this world? 
by a mere coincidence. This is why I wear it tell everyone, you know, I tell me, I swear to God, you know, 90% of hypnotherapists or, or Reiki healers or energy healers or you know, life coaches, they suffered from something in their life. And then they went to, you know, to that and they liked the, the thing and they wanted to help other people. Mm-hmm. Me, I had nothing to do. I was, I had free time. I finished my morphopsychology uh diploma like it's a two years quite tough and uh, i had nothing to do and then the, the doctor that was um, teaching me more for psychology uh, she said you know we're gonna take uh, hypnotherapy training do you want to join so like seriously <laughs> are, are you kidding me you know like hypnosis as in like like just like these kind of pendulums and it's like I said I, I don't know anything about it so so basically well, let's go let's go we're gonna have this um it was with uh, with an aggregated um, you know hypnotherapist here in Lebanon that works with HTI John Butler, and uh, so I didn't know who who John Butler was. I didn't know what NGH is. I don't know what Omni or Jerry Kine is. I don't know what hypnotherapy is. So I was just like going there, attending. You know, me being the kind of person that quite. I'm an info junkie, as you know me from uh, from the group, Anthony. So basically, I, I was just like each each time I I went to to a class, uh, I was doing my own researches, and uh, it happened like that. You know, so at the end of the uh, of the certification, it was like level one. Basically, at level one, I I asked the uh, the guy that was giving the the training, so like, do you have anything about like weight loss? You know, it starts with weight loss and smoking and stuff so i said like do you have anything about weight loss and then he gave me a video of of jerry kine and i watched that it's like whoa who's that guy and then like i went just searching for for him and i found omni and then i then i sent him an email and um, all that i know I, i found myself being Omni certified, being the omni grad group and uh, i clicked with most of the people over there Wendy Weber is one of them. Barry Comer is one of them. You were an Omni graduate. Yeah, I wasn't. I I am an Omni grad. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't didn't know that about you. I didn't even know that you were that you were a member. Are you still a member of the NGH? Uh, yeah, actually, actually, I am a member of the NGH, but since the problem that hit Lebanon, I couldn't pay. So I sent them an email said like, okay, don't worry about that. I'm going to pay you once I have the, the means to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that. So I basically, the, my last payment was in 2019 when the banks crashed here. And uh, so I'm, I am, I'm still a member in the NGH. I still have my, my, my ID card, whatever it is, the golden thingy. Right. right, right, right. I, used to, uh, I used to be a member. Uh, yeah, so basically, basically, it happened. It happened like that, and at the same time, um, you know, from one one floor at a time, um, I talked to to Auntie Barrel and said, like, listen, I I need a I need a safety net. You know, the the situation in Lebanon is quite shitty, and I've been approached by uh, by many students of the Lebanese University, like psychology students, and they want to learn. Uh, hypnotherapy because they don't teach it at the university and said like uh, okay what do you need and said like i i want to to have some sort of a thing to to certify them you know i, I don't feel like certifying like i can't certify them because i contacted the syndicate and it said no you need to be certified as a, as a trainer so like okay i'll work with you i'll, I'll certify you as a trainer I'll give you the, the program and everything and you give it from stress to best that's barrel commerce um you know like a company or whatever so uh, she she did an amazing job. I call her my my you know fairy godmother. 
so so she put me she she put me also in contact with Cheryl Elman and Larry Elman, mm-hmm. and I uh, I took it from there, and then they I was like the adopted child of the Elmans. So yeah. I was, uh, you know, attending all, all kind of uh, trainings and stuff. And I was, um, you know, certified as a uh, DHI trainer, the Dave Elman Hypnosis Institute trainer. So I give I give uh, the Dave Elman Institute um, uh, training plus the stress to best and some stuff that I know myself, you know, from more psychology. And I, I put it all together and I found some sort of a program of 140 hours, including like video, you know, you, they need to shoot videos, do research. It's quite academic. Mm-hmm. Um um, you know, you you know, you know me, Anthony. I'm not quite keen on on you know the, those who say they're like life coaches after like a, a Udemy uh, five hours uh, certification. So, uh, so so basically, I, I I don't want to teach those. Sorry, right. guys, if you're hearing me, um, no no pun intended. You know, like no. no you know what, though, Daniel? It was one of the things that just a little bit that I had gotten to know you through the group. It was one of the things that made me want to kind of talk to you is I think that we have the same sense of integrity when it comes to what it is that we teach, what we're presenting to people and why we're doing it. It's not about, it's just not about the the bottom line. It's about what can we do with integrity that is really effective. And, and it was, you know, you're, you're also very, like you said, you're a devourer of information, much like I am, and you've got all of these different perspectives. And it was, I, I just, I, I really, I, I like that. And and when I talked to Nicole, yeah, it excited her as well. So what else is it that you're, right now, what are you finding you're working most with? Um, for the time being, you know, it's, it's more like all that stress that's happening in Lebanon. Um, you know, all that anxiety, all the, 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 the fear that people are dealing with. And, um, you know, I, I work, you know, like based on, on regression to cause, uh, work, you know, quite Elmanian in, in terms and like Jerry kind, Omni kind of thing. Um, I have a, like, um, quite, uh, you know, not, not a very, very authoritarian approach. I, I just changed some things about that. Um, um, you know, like I kind of fine tuned it, um, you know, when we, when you discussed it, me and, um, uh, and Wendy Weber, you know, when she, she released the, uh, the devil therapy book, um, actually we, you know, me and her, you know, we talked a lot about that. I, I have actually the, uh, you know, the, the infographic in front of me. So basically I base everything about that. I'm quite systematic on, on this realm, but what happens is whenever you want to use that's, that's me, that's electricity in here. It goes back and on. So if you, if you, if you hear these teats and tweets and beeps and bloops, it's, uh, it's my uninterruptible power supply. So welcome to Lebanon. So so basically (laughs) I keep looking around. I'm like, I'll tell you a story about that. Now you're gonna you're gonna laugh your ass off. Anyway, so so what happens? Like, um, you know, when, when you start working with anxiety and what's happening in their families, and you know, due to the financial situations and all the pressure and all these single moms and stuff like that, you you're gonna wonder, you know, like everything goes back to the war days. Everything is just it kept on going back to the war days. You know, either the the father that left the uh, the family to uh, to find a job, and the mom stayed alone, and she was tough with the child, and the child grew up, and she's tough with their children also. So it goes like that. So also, always it's within. For the time being, I have like a 
and 80 90, 80% anxiety pressure kind of depressions and, and these kind of things versus 20% of fine tuning i want to stop swearing i want to uh, you know control my temper and stuff like that so basically it's it's something like that you know about the ups i was i was giving a, like a, a presentation about the um, the regression to cause with uh, with the elements the first time I was doing that, it's, it was like a, on, a, on an iPad Pro. I just I was sharing my screen, doing these kind of sketches, and the, I was talking about Freud. You know, I'm, I'm not that Freudian. I'm not that keen on Freud. So basically, I was talking about Freud and the way why he did hypnosis and stuff like that. And the electricity came, like was out we had a blackout and then i waited and then it came back okay can you continue please and then i started to continue when i mentioned freud the electricity went out so yeah. each time i was doing that it happened and when we did the uh the dave Elman global uh zoom conference i was you know i wanted to present the uh, the hypnosis from from freud to dave Elman and said like hopefully this won't happen and then i went and bought um, and then a UPS, an un uninterruptible power supply for my internet, and, and another UPS for my computer. So I had to just, and then the electricity was going back and off. And said, like, look at me, Freud, it doesn't work with me now. I have batteries. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea to have that, though. In, in, in the, the world of Zoom sessions, um, that's a good idea to have. Mm. But yeah. it's 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 interesting based on what you're saying. It's kind of like this this collective experience as a country, yeah. um, and and the collective trauma that that people in in that country have experienced, and 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 maybe just you know they don't have an outlet to talk about it. I mean, my my family is is from Israel, and I you know, and so we're neighbors. <laughs> Um, but I, I understand. Uh, now, yeah. now, now I'll be now I'll be sued. <laughs> <laughs> but but I you know from I've I I never I've never I didn't grow up there. But from an outside point of view, going and visiting, I've always had this perception that the society is built on a collective PTSD, and everybody yes. has got this kind of collective PTSD that's never spoken about. Like there's just no outlet for it because it's just like this is something you experience, you deal with it, you move on with life. And then there's it, so it, much it's natural, you know, the, the problem is it's like I, I always use that that metaphor or whatever you call it. Um, I always say, like, what do you call a Chinese restaurant in China? They call it restaurant. They don't call it Chinese restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. basically, yeah. When, when PTSD becomes part of the transgenerational psychology and, and especially in, in these areas where wars are always ongoing since like the dawn of time uh people that they they think as if you know if they have a panic attack it's it's okay fine you know it's like okay you yeah. just drink yeah. water and sugar whatever your blood pressure dropped or something like that mm -hmm. but no it doesn't work like that it, it doesn't work like that because now people they started you know with the opening with the internet and the availability of information the eastern world started seeing that the western world is, is you know like keeping track of of that well, you are trying to keep track on how you can make money to, to make a living so your family doesn't starve. So yeah. basically, it's a different kind of priority on the Maslow, um, you know, like hierarchy yeah. of needs, the pyramid. So so basically, it, it happened this way. So when you when you 
go in these kind of societies and, and the whole region, we're talking about, you know, the, the whole peninsula, if you can, can bring it back from Africa here, uh, people, they think that like feeling like that, it's, it's part of the job, you know, it's it's not a big thing until, until they started seeing, you know, like they, they started talking about labels, you know, like narcissism, uh, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, uh, OCD, only these kind of labels. And this is why, you know, this is when I when I first met uh, Anthony, we talked about that. And I had like a client that I told, you know, to throw the DSM-5 and, and the bin because they, they come to you. They, they are either like architects or lawyers or not even close to, to being like mental health professionals or anything. And they go grab these kind of labels and bring it to you. Actually, it's, it's an... It's a way to uh, to make them feel comfortable or feeling in, in control of their situation because when they give themselves a label, they they feel like I know who I am, and they don't know they're harming themselves. And then they come to you and say like I'm this and that. So like well, okay, why can't why can't you fix it? <laughs> if you know who you are, you know why can't you fix it? Once once you take consciousness of what you have, why can't you fix it? So the opening of that information started giving people that kind of okay, I. No, there's something happening out there. It's not normal. But the problem is, it's not with the educated part. You know, that that part of the world has has many, they're not, they're not quite educated. We're talking not about like culture rather than education, that's cultivated, if you can call it. So sometimes you go to school, but they're not very well. You, you don't have that cultural um, yeah. background. So yeah. what happens yeah. is like, okay, you studied about something, but there's no awareness about that. And then they started introducing psychology into schools, you know, having the, a school psychologist. And that school psychologist, uh, you know, it's you can imagine a school with like 500, 700 or 1,000 students, and they're coming to one psychologist. At the end of the day, they end up having you know, like many pills and, you know, like badly diagnosed and stuff like that. Well, they're all diagnosed so, as the uh, same thing. Basically, ADHD and stuff. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. basically, yeah. So, so it's it happened. It happened. It's good actually. They started having the awareness about the the mental health. That's that's one good thing. The bad thing is uh, Doctor YouTube and Doctor Google are not yeah. are not quite interesting when it comes to giving you the right messages. You know, if mm. if you had if you have a a problem with your with your with your nail. You know, go search for for the situation. You will see all these atrocities and gorish kind of <laughs> photos. You know, it feels like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose my finger. It's it's not like that. You know, people they they should be aware on who to go to, when they should stop their medication, what kind of medication if they want to take, they have to consult a you know like a, a medical doctor, someone someone who knows, and not the the neighbor because they took Xanax. It's okay, you can take it. It made me feel well. It will make you feel better. No, it's it's not like that. It's not as easy as that. So, well, so Daniel, basically, yeah, we are we are nurtured in PTSD in this area. Have yeah. you read the book Lost Connections? No. That's who's, a book who's the book for you, Johan Hari. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I want you to check that book out. And it's because of the way that it very specifically, the research it has in it about um, the use of pharmacology and the percentages behind the the actual, well, the science and the research behind the the amount of actual relief that is created through taking the, the pills. Yeah, and, and yeah. also about primarily the, the, the cause of environment 
right? And so I think that just with what you know already about stuff, it's going to solidify maybe a little bit for you and give you a little, it's a great book. Is it not, Nicole? It's an excellent, excellent book. Yeah. You know, I can, I can mention I can mention three people that will shake the whole world, and maybe I will be censored. Uh, I can I can mention Colin Ross. You know, Doctor Colin Ross. Uh, I can mention Thomas Sass and uh, also uh, John Davies uh, on on the DSM. Um, the the book cracked. Actually, you know, if people will, will read that, it's it's built on on quite some information, quite solid information, statistics and numbers and like interviews that will just shake the world. Um, unfortunately, the, you know, the, the whole world, you know, revolves around money and business and stuff like that. So if you don't have those means, you cannot, um, you cannot just leverage and, and be uh, hurt, you know, like if you want to make yourself hurt, it's impossible. So people that will discard you, but you know, some, some people should know about it, at least the, and uh, mental health, um, you know, practice, they should know about it. If they want to do it, you can do it, but at least they should be aware about it. So basically we're talking like Thomas's, Colin Ross and John Davies. So I don't, I've never heard of any of them. I know I was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, isn't this a great thing about this? One of the reasons Nicole and I love to do this show is because we're constantly learning from the people that we have on the show. Um, mm. We don't know everything. And we, you know, that's that's the point of this. And so mm. this gives me three new people I get to go check out and then I get to judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I, one I, of those I people. Can tell you, go if ahead. your chair doesn't have a, if, if your chair doesn't have a seat belt, go read it in the car because okay. you're gonna fall. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right on. I'm reading right now. I am reading a really good book on quantum creativity, um, and and it's yeah, I am enjoying it a lot. Um, it it I, when I have to read a paragraph more than once it's a good book um mm. and and so yeah this one is good and i'm getting a bunch of great notes out of it so yeah i, I like that kind of stuff i think we're kind of the same on that that level of what can <laughs> i cool. challenge cool. myself with <laughs> exactly exactly you know it's just like as you, as you go on reading and said like mm-hmm what does that mean? And then you read it again and yeah. then read it again. It, it, you know, that's, that's quite different from reading, you know, finishing the chapter and say like, oops, I finished the chapter. What was I thinking? I was like, and then you yeah, go yeah. back because, because you lost track, you know, it's like you're reading and you're not understanding and it's just like keeping going. I was like, oh, okay. The chapter is finished. Let me read yeah. it again because I didn't understand anything. From I, I was just, I was just looking at words on a page. It didn't actually mean anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> These are just a lot of words strung together that I don't yeah. understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. the good thing, your subconscious know that, you know, it will be yeah. like, so basically, you know, this is why they, they should teach, uh, you know, like waking, not waking hypnosis, actually hypnosis or self-hypnosis for children in schools. So basically they can, they can just get, get that information in, in their, in their mind faster. That's like, you can imagine like a, like a class of 16 to 40 people staring like that at the at the teacher while the teacher is talking and then they're gasping <laughs> everything so it's like it's scary i know if he talks to them they will go nodding yeah 
Uh, well, that's 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 a bit what I'm starting to do. I've I've just come come left edu- left the world of education. I've now just come back into the world of education and starting to work again with 15 to 18 year olds in in a school environment and dealing with all of the challenges that that young people are facing today as well. You know, the pandemic has has hit a lot of people yes. really hard mentally, emotionally. Um, you know, a lot of kids are really struggling with that struggling with with the with anxiety and depression and 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 coming back into a back into a school environment they haven't been in education properly for the past two years and then they're being faced with like what are being sold to them as the most important exams of the rest of their life and and they've they've missed out on two years worth of worth of training and they have no idea what to do with that so yeah I mean bringing this this into schools is is I think massively important yeah, I can I can imagine that. And if you if you go if you go giving them like a private session, if, if they accept, you know, mm-hmm. if they accept the idea of, of having hypnotherapy um, to to get things done, you know. Uh, actually, you know what? Come, you reminded me about this kind of emergency um, hypnosis for PTSD and traumas. Um, it's not therapy, but it it can bring down the anxiety in its in the in a way where once you bring down that anxiety, your conscious mind is is clicked it's it's rebooted again because you yeah. know when when you're when you're like in fight flight freeze mode whatever it's either left seven fight flight freeze flight flight frame flag whatever it's like there's like a bunch of, <laughs> so basically pe- people the flag, they, they yeah. Know the, yeah exactly so so basically <laughs> basically the people they know the fight flight freeze but they don't know that when they are in the and the fight flight freeze mode their their conscious mind is is on like on screensaver mode it doesn't work mm-hmm. uh basically yeah, they, they become a so no analysis yeah. no logic no rationality nothing your your mm-hmm. short-term memory is out of the window and you don't have any willpower to to keep on going so basically they go just like slashing like or lashing themselves over over that and then they yeah. say like why am i dumber why am i i have that that that, that foggy mind like I, yeah. I, I cannot i cannot concentrate i cannot read you know i can i can't play you know i don't know um PUBG or whatever minecraft for for hours but i will not be able to to read a single page uh, which is which is normal so this is why i'm i also um teach parents uh, something called um hypnoparenting or positive parenting it's it's the the methods or the techniques of hypnotherapy but uh, we teach it to to the parents to not in hypnosis because they, they don't hypnotize their kids but it's a way to uh to like initialize the uh um, the emotional intelligence in their kids and uh, and start re- like rebooting them. Know know how to talk to them, not to have them in, in trauma or not to stress on on words or talk about uh, about them while they are playing because their subconscious mind will yeah. will get all that. So so basically, sometimes a, a kid who comes and say like, okay, my mom always say that I'm not good in math, so why why should I study? I'll, mm. Whatever I will do, I'll be bad in that, and so on, so on. So basically teaching parents about about these kind of techniques also have made a tremendous change in, in the behavior of the kids because now they, the parents are aware and they, are, and they they transfer that awareness to the kids. So well, that's, yeah. that's quite and that's that's really important, isn't it? And I know I know a lot of pe- people that I've spoken to that specialize in working with kids. I don't work with kids as such. I work with teenagers, which is different. Um, but, you know, a lot of people that work with kids. I think I was speaking to somebody the other day that was saying when they work with a kid, there's always one parent that they're working with at the same time. Exactly. You know, because, exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, this is, it's so this is why this is why eighty percent of the work with kids is with the parents rather than the kids because the kids yeah. say they're just like that's it's a repercussion, it's a resultant of whatever happened in, at at the house, you know, so yeah. in the environment. So basically, I've I've been I had some some kids that have been you know, like one kid with was diagnosed with ADHD and it happened that his father put him in the in the stove, you know, for for a punishment. Because he didn't study well, he's a three-year-old, and then his son like it wasn't uh, okay. It wasn't on fire, but but actually he he, uh, he put him like he's imprisoned him in, in the stove. He opened the stove, put him inside, and closed him. And then I have a, a, another mother that that used to put her twins in a and uh, in, in an old uh, washing machine while she's out. So they wait for her in the washing machine. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yes, you, you yeah, can you can, can have all, all these kind of things, you know. But but this is this this goes like like that, or or that fidgety child that that doesn't stay still, uh, stand still at at home, and it happened that the the mother had um, a, a very bad breath, so the the kid wasn't able to to study with his mother because she had a very bad breath, and and it's it's amazing, you know, these kind of things that that they don't mean anything. So like, okay, mommy, you should just like brush your teeth more often. It's like, why? It's like, okay, do that. And tell me if your kid will be fidgety. And mm. She loved that. And she, she came. So like, I've been brushing my teeth for a week and, and my kid is okay. What did happen? Said so you had bad, bad, very bad breath and your child said that during the session. So like, whoa. I said, yeah. You know, like mm. a toothbrush will save university. So it's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, and isn't it sometimes just how often would people look over something like that and just skip over it because they're not paying attention? And and, and it's like when a child is a picky eater. Um, Howard Cooper, I, I think, is the one who brought this up one, one day when we were talking to him. It's like, you know, people go to, well, my, my kid's a picky eater, my kid's a picky eater, when in fact it may be that the first time that the kid really remembers themselves being sick, they threw up carrots and peas, and so now this, the they look at carrots and peas, and it's not that they don't like them, but they 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 associate that with I got sick, and so you know, but the parents don't recognize that as a concept. Instead, I've got a picky eater, right? Yeah, and, and so they miss it. Um, but as we were talking about the other day, do you remember we were having we were having a meeting and and discussing you know, this idea that parents force feed their kids, Yeah, you know, you yeah. have to eat, you have to eat three times a day and you have to finish what's on your plate. And, you know, the, all of these requirements with food, a kid will come to you when they're hungry. Do you know what I mean? Why are we trying to force feed kids you know, to eat three times is, a day? This is why, this is why I say like, you know, like your parents are, are like uh, victims of their own programming. So don't be a yeah, victim right. of their own programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically this is, this is one thing I, I will, I will tell you a story about something related to eating and pills. You know, I had, um, I had a client once, um, she, she had a problem with swallowing pills and she had to, to take pills for vitamins and stuff like that because she said, I cannot, I can't not swallow a pill. So like, okay, they want to do this. We were in a session actually, it were many people. So do you want to get rid of that? So yeah, okay. And then we, we did a regression. It was actually, it happened spontaneously due to, the, to, to that pill and said like, okay, where are you inside, outside the whole story thing. And then uh, and she said like, uh, yeah, I have to take the pill. And where are you? I'm in, in my room. I'm eight years old. Okay, perfect. What are you doing? I'm having the pill in my hand. And said so like, okay, why don't you take the pill? Uh, I said, no, if I took the pill, I will grow up. I will grow up, not throw up. Okay, I will grow up. I said, like, why? 
said only only grown-ups will take pills i want to stay um, you know a child i want that attention from my parents if i took the pill you know like only children they take syrup and and you know grown-ups they, they take pills so it's like okay the, do you think your mom if she took syrup she will get smaller and she gets back to being a child so she smiled and said like no I said okay so it's not like alice in wonderland you just take that pill and then <laughs> She, she took the pill actually in, in regression she took the pill and then we we did a progression and everything like that so uh, guess what you know the gagging reflexes went out went away uh, she was taking the pills normally she eats very well she went to her dentist and her dentist was shocked because he was treating her for the last 20 years and he said like what happened to you <laughs> you know he was quite cautious on on uh, you know approaching her so Kids, they they get things into very weird kind of things. Like, can you imagine someone not taking a pill because they are afraid to grow up if they took the pill? Yeah, but, but not even up, understanding. Okay. But, but yeah. Growing up, but, but, yeah. and, and not even understanding why they feel that way. And you know, just exactly. I don't know if you're aware of this, Nicole. And I may be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel. But if you, if by listening to you talk, then you you do know what five path is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because that's kind of that was kind of this that was kind of actually created by um oh shit, you just said his name. Um and I've watched a billion of Jerry Kind. Cal Banyan. Cal Banyan and actually Jerry Cal, Kind. Cal Banyan did it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was taken out of uh, out of um Jerry's um you know um protocol and right. even the book that was uh, that was written basically with Jerry, rather Jerry wrote most of it uh it was you know like defamated during the ngh and then and then um in like uh jerry wrote another thing you know about cal being the female and then it was like a um, family feud over that yeah, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. so basically basically you know like five five paths yeah people they know five paths more than they know jerry kind sometimes because then the new generation will go to to that uh it, it is it is based over over that you know like the uh these kind of um informed child techniques or inner child work uh pmt as as cal will say it like Parts therapy, Roy Hunters. Uh, we 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 go back to you know uh, the uh, the chair therapy or deathbed therapy. That's Gestalt therapy from from you know like uh, Eric Burns. Um, Eric was like was like Eric Burns, not, not Eric Burns. What? Oh jeez, I, I remember the name. Um, so basically, it's, it was based on on Gestalt from uh, from that time, and plenty of, of things that we use. This is what actually I, I tell people when we're talking about hypnotherapy. It's like it's about hypno and therapy. Hypnosis is as a as a as a process, and not a state rather than than a way to to bypass the critical faculty or whatever you call it. I usually say call it hummus. I don't care. So at, at the other hand, you have you have the therapy part, and the therapy part is, is psychotherapeutic techniques that are used in hypnosis. So basically, when when you get people into hypnosis and and you work with other therapies, there's no way that any psychotherapist on that planet will tell you that hypnotherapy uh, is is a hoax because we're using the same techniques. We're using parts of like well, if you're calling NLP, CBT, Gestalt. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I tell them that, but you know, it's it's easy. You know, when you tell them that, they don't believe you. You know, when it's uh, it's like like when you when you say the truth and nobody believes the truth is so it's so blunt that nobody believes it. It's so like okay, uh, you, you know, that happened. It happened that that me and uh, you know when you know after after my first marriage, I was going out with my 
present wife. And uh, when they used to ask me, it's just like, uh, do you have children? So like, uh, I have, she doesn't. And people, they stand like that. And like, what the hell is happening? So maybe basically you say just, you have to tell the truth. You know, if you tell a lie, it doesn't, it doesn't stick. On one yeah. day, people that will know it. So basically, I actually with with children too, I tell parents to tell them the truth. If their grand grandfather died, don't tell them he went to heavens and he well he died. You know, okay. Tell yeah. them the thing the way it should be told. You know, he was sick. People die. So basically, something like that. It's better for him. So just say it because if you lie to them, one day they will not forgive you. I had to work with yeah. one kid. It wasn't a kid, actually. He was a teenager, but he was a kid back then. Actually, he wasn't born. Uh, his, his mother was pregnant, like four months pregnant with him when his father died. And he only knew that his father died after his uh, fourth birthday. So you can imagine that. And he was mm-hmm. so angry at that. And he, he just locked himself in the room. And he kept, he kept locking himself in that room so, till the age of 19. So basically, kids, they don't, they don't you know, like, um, you know, like forgive you for that yeah. and people won't forgive you if you tell uh if you tell the truth if you tell a lie yeah um, i always say, i always say that um i always say as a parent it's part of your job to fuck your kids up and as a kid it's our job to unfuck ourselves exactly just, exactly you know whichever no, way we have to use yeah there's just no escape is there you know whatever you do as a parent it doesn't matter what you do you're 100%. always gonna get it wrong at some point you know, you just, it's, it's impossible to understand the generation of your kids. So you're always going to get something wrong. You're never going to do it hundred percent. Right. So just, you know, own exactly. that, just deal with the fact that you're going to screw your kids up and you know, that's it. It's our job as human beings and somebody's kids to unscrew ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah. Daniel, we are going to start to wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really Thank appreciate you. it and um, hope to have you back on in the future. Um, hopefully yeah and and hear about how things are things are progressing for you there in Lebanon um how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you online if they want to find out about what you're doing yeah you can they can they can find me on on the on my page on Facebook which is easy you can you can access it I put like um um, a redirection link on on uh the control alt.com or ceolb.com they will go to the facebook page or on instagram um daniel ganime g-h-a-n-i-m-e um, <laughs> they can get it there and uh you know that way we can have a chat you know i'm, I'm known you know like if, if you if you call me i can talk to you for 20 30 minutes we discuss the case and stuff like that we get to know each other and then uh you don't have to feel like as if you're talking to a total stranger when you come to your first visit either online or offline so it doesn't matter um basically you have you have yourself at um, a teammate um and then um, like a therapy ally rather than a therapist so you got yourself a friend lovely, lovely we'll put all of those links in the show notes anthony will upload that with the show notes so that it's easy for thanks a million you. um yeah from my part thank you so much it's been great to talk thank to you thank you nicole yeah, Thanks, Emily, Daniel, I really am glad that Karen introduced me to the group. And for those listening, it is, uh, what is the name of the group again, Daniel? It's uh, it's a global hypnosis collaboration group. Okay. Uh, I can, and, I can just, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll actually put that in the show notes since we've discussed it. And anybody who's a hypnotist is welcome to join that group. It is, it's, it's wonderful. It's open to everyone. Yeah. yeah. It's open to everyone. 
Oh, it's open to everyone. Okay, yeah. And that's 5 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and and yeah, it's it's a great discussion group. And I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to meet you there, Daniel. And I'm and I'm really happy Thank that you. you decided to spend some time with us um, this evening, uh, your evening. Um, and, and thank you again. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Thank you. See you on Tuesday. Thanks a million, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.